Welcome to episode number 242, Craft Brewery. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe, Goose, Heck, and the crew from Naked Brewing Bristol. In this episode, we have the crew from Naked Brewing Bristol. We cover topics that range from small business ownership, brewing beer, customer service, effects of the coronavirus, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Vincent Van Gogh and Louis Robert Stevenson. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming. Yeah, appreciate Sorry it. Sorry for the uh, painful uh, technical <laughs> difficulties here. We're, uh, um, we're not used to that, but... Uh, we are. Yes. All right. No. Fair enough. <laughs> but everyone's here in uh, good spirit, so uh, we appreciate it. And we also have Hannah and Goose joining us via Zoom. Um, so, uh, and we're here on site. So, for those of us who do not know who you guys are and what you do, let us know. Um, Jim, um, one of the founders and owners of Naked Brewing, started in 2010. So, oh, I'm Sean. I'm co-owner. I run things. Yes. All right, so let's jump right in, right? So how did it actually all get started? Were you guys just crafting your own brews? How did it even begin or had the idea come about? Um, I know we shared our, our inspirational story about how the podcast got started. Um, how did you guys get started? Yeah, same kind of idea. I mean, I started home brewing basically out of high school. Uh, oh, wow. Think about like when Sierra Nevada and Anchor Steam and uh, Dogfish and stuff like that came around couldn't really afford that kind of beer yeah. back then so i decided you know hey let me let me get my hand at it and try it in the backyard and kind of sparked it and on and off i've been doing that pretty much since uh 1990 wow. and then about 2010 you know decided to well, actually a little before then 2008 decided to you know join a homebrew club the aliens at at humeville and uh started up with my uh with, with brian at the time and I uh, started brewing in his garage in Feasterville, and uh, yeah, started the company 2010, I guess. Got licensed on April Fool's Day of 2012. Nice. In the mail, and uh, <laughs> oh, it's been it's been it's been from that point on. Yeah, so with it within within about six months, we moved to our current production facility location, our first spot, which is in Huntington Valley. Okay. So we have a tap room there as well too. But yeah, we started off on equipment that we built ourselves. Uh, you know, 55 gallon stainless steel drums, all electric. Uh, double the capacity had 110 gallon fermenters back then and you know over the years as the rules have changed and they let us open up a tap room and increased our production facility and yeah until we uh you know worked our way into this point and you know now we have hannah crushing it you know on the brew house and and just making some really tasty beers and you know spend our time you know decided to open up another spot right before covid hit and <laughs> yeah we were set to open march 20th <clears throat> Of last year yeah wow. they closed everything down on the 16th yeah so yeah right now wow. the three of us are basically pushing forward and, and 
you know, our, our things are the same as always. Make the best, best quality product you possibly can and serve it the best way you know how. There are two things you can control the most and, you know, just as long as you're, you're true to yourselves. So. so how did you come up with the name? Once you figured out, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to, you know, figure out uh, everything else. But the name, obviously, getting established. Uh, you're part of the Aliens. Yeah, yeah, we were members of Aliens. So we did anything come from out of them, or is more of just a learning experience? Uh, mostly learning. I mean, the learning experience is incredible. The homebrew community is absolutely spectacular. I mean, some of the best beers you'll probably have. I mean, guys have just been doing it for decades, just really wanted to stay at that level. But, I mean, homebrew clubs of birth. I mean, the Chamonix, us. Free Will. Free Will. Wow. Broken Goblet. I mean, nice. it, it's just, we're, it's such a great community of, of, uh, of people. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, hey, let's see what we can make and just you give our hands and give it a try and want to put it out there. And it's just, it's, it's such a, it's changed so dramatically over the last decade or so. It's just, it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, so. So, so when so you came the, up, how, how did you decide the name? The name it's, so the name itself. So when we started, um, we were using well water and composting all of our grains and all we're like oh it's a really natural way to brew yeah, yeah but yeah we're yeah. a little more tongue-in-cheek and and goofy yeah. about it so we wanted a, kind of a more fun way to to say the word natural and you know so so we're like nick it's a fun way to say <laughs> yeah. natural i think it also refers to the way uh like we're not there's no real ego involved in what we do i mean we, we know we do the best job we can but it's, it's there, there's no pretentiousness in, in what we're trying to do it's just we're making the best beer we know how to and you know we're going to show it to you the best way we know how so it's a very it's a very natural way of going and everything so so i'll start with uh you girls so then hannah and sean start with you sean first then how did you guys come on board and how did that all pan out so brian was my neighbor actually and um they needed a bartender so i used to run a bar back in my 20s like a trucker bar yeah and uh i was like i can sling beer that's easy i needed some extra money yeah so i got involved and i just started bartending and then I've always considered myself uh, a beer snob. Sure. So, I, and I really enjoyed the beers that I was slinging over at Naked Brewing, and I got more involved in the process, and I wanted to learn more about the production side of things. Yeah. So, the actual making of the beer. And we decided to buy in as an ownership, what, six years ago? Yeah. I don't know. Time is so it's, weird right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so, we bought into it, and that's how I got involved. And then... Um, yeah, and then I ended up actually leaving Naked for a short time, and I went to another brewery and did production there for them. I did events, and then I got into the really got into the production side and learned a lot and worked with some fantastic brewers, and that's how I met Hannah as well, um, being involved in um, Pink Boots Society, which is women in brewing. Okay. So that's actually how I met Hannah, and Hannah and I have been friends for probably five years, right? Um, and just hit it off and became friends, and confidants and always always enjoyed her and she's just a kick-ass person anyway um and actually you're welcome i love you um you know covid brought so much negative but i keep saying this like one of the best the positive is that we got hannah yeah like there was definitely that yin and yang and that was a positive of covid um that came out and i think our beer is so much better now than it ever was she's very She's very critical of herself. Yeah. She overthinks, but we laugh. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I say that with sarcasm. It's not, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. No, I know. I know. I'm very self-aware. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to jump in real quick. I mean, I, I love, you know, 
2020 was such a difficult time for so many people. It, not it was for us as well, but I just I, I feel like we've had this conversation too. It, it's we've stayed so true to ourselves and really have done what the core of the three of us believe in what we're doing. Yeah. So I feel like it almost distilled down everything mm -hmm. about it. Like, what are we really what are, what are we really about? What do we really want to do? And I feel like we had have had the opportunity to kind of go, okay, here's what we're going to do because. Why not? It's 2020. Nobody knows what's going to happen after this. So yeah. let's just do what we really want to do. And I just, I don't know. So many breweries, the big word is pivot. And yeah. the whole thing with food where they were making you serve food. So a lot of breweries, you know, let's start a kitchen. And we talked about it. What are we going to do with some of the money that we did get from the loans to help us get through? And we decided just to put our money into the product Yeah. and have it a higher quality product. And Hannah has been... A huge part of that and um taking us in different directions and the packaging the packaging yeah. yeah we've never canned before yeah. i mean she that wasn't even part of the deal when we brought her on i think we decided to do that two or three weeks into it and all of a sudden <laughs> i'm like uh we're gonna can and she went oh okay like i mean it was different make no mistake about it it was part of my grand plan when i started there right. <laughs> <laughs> i just didn't i just didn't think that it was going to happen like i didn't think i was going to walk in on a monday morning and sean was going to say hey by the way we're going to start canning now oh okay yeah guess, guess all of the like things that i had rehearsed in my head all the reasoning why we should be moving in this direction i guess i don't have to make that plea anymore yeah we, yeah we always seem to say we agree with what we want to do and we just go okay this is what we're going to do and we figure out a way to make it happen yeah and it's really there's not nothing it's like no we can't do that yeah no no no. how do we make that happen it's absolutely just, yeah yeah so yeah so there seems to be obviously a great connection between you three so uh yeah hannah how, how to explain you know your perspective on getting started and, and joining the crew here yeah, so I've been brewing professionally since 2015, um, but I've been in the industry since 2013. So I was a long-time home brewer, um, and yeah, um, 2020 was a weird year <laughs> for me professionally um, and personally. Um, I was actually out on medical leave for the first half of 2020, so oh, wow. um, when... I was able to come back and brew again. Um, the opportunity was presented to me um, to join the Naked team. <laughs> and uh, I, I jumped at it. Um, yeah, as Sean said, you know, she and I have been friends for years, and um, generally we're friends too. Just yeah. I didn't, we didn't, we didn't know each other as well, um, but Sean and I knew each other pretty well. So um, that was. It was kind of a, I don't want to say a no-brainer, by the way, I'm sorry that my cat is going crazy right now. <laughs> That's okay. This is her it domain up here. Her, yeah, I don't know. My cat, can you go away, please? It's a new cat, it's a new cat beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I am drinking um, the, uh, yeah. cat beer. The new birthday cat, yeah. Yes. Sorry, uh, now she's staring me down, like, why? Why are you You're acting different. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one animal is another animal. My dog is in my bedroom right now. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, when, when Sean approached, um, approached me about joining, um, it, I was super, super excited. I was, as uh, they both said, I'm very self-critical, so I was full of self-doubt um, and questions like, can I do this? Am I ready to do this? 
um, this is a pretty big undertaking, but uh, as it turns out, you don't forget things as easily as you think that you do. <laughs> um, and when you're given the opportunity to spread your wings, you do. Um, and it's it's been pretty unreal, the amount of growth that I think I've had um, in the, the nine months that I've been there. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of that growth happened within like the first three months. Um, I walked into a brew house that, um, because of COVID, hadn't been brewed in, in, I don't know, two or three months at that point, probably. So walking into a cold brew house um, was interesting. Um, into a brew house that I, I didn't know. Um, I had never brewed on it before. Well, that's not true. I take that back. I did brew on that system one time. Um, but, yeah, so it was, it was kind of... Um, Intimidating, but also really, really, really empowering <laughs> when I did that first brew. Um, and, you know, hit all the numbers that I was looking for. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty trippy ride. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what we're doing as a team. Um, the three of us work really well together. Um, it's open lines of communication. And... I, from an outsider's perspective, because obviously I wasn't part of the brewery prior to COVID, but I feel like 2020 and the pandemic almost allowed for this, like, reemergence, reinvention, um, and it kind of came together as a package deal, in, in a sense, um, that, you know, things hadn't been open for several months, so all of a sudden now... Um, Naked was opening again with new beers, a new brewer, and within two months of me starting, we released our first that I can. So um, it's been, I think, just a, a whole lot of new things for all of us involved. Um, and, you know, we're figuring it out as we go. Um, you know, all of us have skill sets that we're really good at, and then we're really good at figure out how to blend those, um, which I think is hugely important, when, especially when you're part of a really small team. Because you have to be good at so many different things, um, but you can't be great at everything. And so trusting those around you to fill in those areas that you're less proficient in, I guess, um, you know, that's something that, that requires a huge amount of trust. Um, and... I don't know. That's, that could be tough, but I think we've made it work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we've made it work really well. Yes. So, so to, to, to jump in, how did you guys go from, I believe, Huntington Valley to Bristol? Obviously, pre-pandemic, you guys had no idea you know, anything was going to happen. What was that decision-making like, um, and, and you know, how that process work out? Well, we were looking for a second taproom location, um, so then in different areas, on Bristol was just up and coming. I mean, you sure. just gotten that huge thing on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what was that? The, be the best sport. small town in, in America. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a business big... revolution. Yes. Yeah. So that there was that, and then um, you met. How'd you meet Joe? We were we were pouring at Bolton Mansion. Oh, nice! It's right around the corner from. And he house. was across the way from us, That's and our eyes locked. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I'm like, look at this wonderful, bold, tattooed man. Like, what do you have over there? And it was just like, that's right. we always say it's like love at first sight. It's just, and then we what started you guys pouring have? events upstairs. Yeah. And he, yeah. we, he just raised one eyebrow and then that. It's exactly what it does. And I, 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 yeah, I quivered and fell down or something like that. <laughs> It could have been the, it could have been the beers I had too though. So it's but hard we to looked tell. at a couple different properties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, were, we were looking to buy something. Right on Mill just, Street, in yeah. fact. And then you know, it was just one didn't work out, the other just needed way too much work. Yeah. And then Joe was like, "Come look at downstairs." So he came down and looked at it, and he's like, "You got to look at this place. <clears throat> you you got to see this." And I walked in with you, and just it, just imagine this is where this is going to go, and this is where this is going to be the stage. And yeah, I'm very visual when I walk into a space. Yeah. I go, I, "I this is how I want it to look." The yeah, brewery's sure. the same way. It's yeah, like, so it was him just, with the vision, and yeah. and Joe. And Joe, oh, yeah, my yeah. only ask was a was the glass, glass door. Glass that was my one door. ask. Nice. Um, it's a nice touch. But the minute you walk in here, I mean, you guys now have been, it's like, yes. there's a there's a vibe to this. It's yes. just this positive energy. It's yes, just absolutely. fantastic. I love it. Just coming from the outside, and I was walking in, I guess it, let me get closer. No, yeah. Walking in from outside, and I started taking pictures, so it's like this energy was like, oh, yeah. know, this place already seems cool. Like, And then walking in, meeting you guys for the first time was like yeah. amazing. Like, it, it has that awesome characteristic of like kind of coming in almost from the forest and into the beginning of the opening yes. of the cave mouth and then just as you get in it's deeper and just more it's just it's, yeah, it's awesome than it's you magical you walk yeah in. yes it is very yes. but yeah it so does that, have yeah. very much like the feeling of catacombs um yeah. Yes. and yeah like a, a beer or wine cellar um, well it was a beer cellar schmidt's schmidt's beer Schmitz or Schlitz, I can't get a straight yeah, answer. They, yeah, oh, they used to store yeah. cold storage that's some what stuff. Is. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Has the original? Yeah, they're, they're, that's a cold box. It was a cold box. Hmm. Yeah. We're gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right, and so then, and then that relationship obviously with Joe built, um, um, and then you guys started building away. I'm assuming, and then yeah, the original. Was, yeah, we spent. Jeez, about a, no, a now year. it's been a couple years now. Yeah, it was a year before we opened, a little more than a year. Um, and the original opening date was supposed to be last March. So we were on the, uh, what's the name of it? The Leprechauns, the Leprechauns for Lou. For Lou. Uh, we were supposed to be one of the stops on that, which would have been the beginning of, of March of last year. And then it was like, To kick things off. And the first the Fridays roll. and all that. And then, you know. Yeah, so. Apocalypse happens. And yeah. <laughs> and we put everything to kind of sleep at that point. I mean, I know that's on your agenda. I don't know, you know, no, no, no. It's yeah. fine. So let's talk about that, right? So because a lot of people see, um, you know, like, the great brew that you guys have and 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 the the atmosphere but the small business aspect of it um is what a lot of people oversee or just are not aware is happening behind the scenes um it could be you know all the challenges that you face on a typical basis let alone a pandemic that no one knew was gonna basically drop kick us all um talk, walk us through that that experience the conversations maybe the tough conversations you had to have maybe even with each other um well. In the beginning, I mean, we all honestly believed it was only going to be two weeks. I think that's, that's a common that we all thought that, yeah. So, you know, we we laid everybody off. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, here's the thing with us. Too. I mean, we, we are, everything is about family for us. Yeah. You have to do something for your family, for yourselves. It's whatever you need, you know, everything comes first. We have a couple of people who are in college, school comes first. It's very, we're the, we're parents that way. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were, yeah, this hit and it was kind of like. Our brewer at the time, he uh, his wife was pregnant. They were getting ready to have a baby. Yeah. April, um, beginning of April. Yeah, beginning yeah. of April. And everybody, you know, nobody knew what to, you know, we yeah. thought you'd look at each other and you would get this. You know, yeah. you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we laid everybody off because we kind of knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. We felt it, 
Yeah, we, we thought had, it was going to be longer. We yeah. had three beers in production at the time, so we kind of put everything to sleep a little bit and went, all right, And we let's closed as a business for three weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Voluntarily. Before yeah. the governor even told people that they had to shut down, we voluntarily did it that yeah. Sunday. We weren't the only brewery. There was other breweries that did as well. Um, and then it was just like, so what, what can we do now? Like, are we allowed to open? Are we not? Like, the government didn't even know. We had well, no guidance. Yeah. And then the whole hand sanitizer inside. Oh, was, yeah, I, I would forget about all that. that I did craziness. forget about that. I know. And toilet paper. Well, we wanted to well, no, hand sanitizer. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yes, so that was yes, a big yes. thing. Yes. Um, a lot of local breweries were making what we call sugar wash. Yeah. And then you would take it to a distillery and they would distill it into hand sanitizer. Gotcha. And a lot of local breweries did that, right, Hannah? And, well, not a lot, but a couple did. trying to, yeah. But the funny thing is with our government, the different departments don't talk to each other True. so it was you you had you had us yeah you had federal guidance that it had to be a certain way so all these places were churning out all this basically sugar wash and then they went well you didn't go through the proper process so yeah, one government there. agency is sending out um, recipes on how to make it and then another agency is saying well you can't do that because you're not a pharmaceutical company oh, so it's crazy it was crazy and then whatever we couldn't even we tried so hard and we couldn't like nobody yeah. I, I don't know it was crazy it was so much red tape yeah. in hindsight it probably is best that it was you didn't because you look at the tax mm, thing that happened yeah well they, <laughs> they, they waived that at least but yeah they did waive it they were going to make all these people pay these dues and these taxes for but, because they were pharmaceutical instead of a distillery it's ridiculous yeah but on the plus i mean again here's what's so great about this community here's all these these breweries and distilleries that went what can we do to help? Yeah. Like, everybody jumped yeah. in and went, no problem, we can distill. I mean, because we have friends in, in distilleries. And all, hey, no problem. What do you want us to do? When people, we were mobilized. Yeah. Let us do something. Yeah. And, like, back to your point, it's like, we were there, ready to do it. We could make it. And it was kind of like, nah, these guys are doing this. Yeah. So, it, it was a very bizarre time. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so what, was, what do you think the biggest <clears throat> lesson there was? Um, I mean, outside of, you know, the, the, the hand wash stuff, but... Just what have you learned out of 2020, let's just say? Oh, jeez. Because, Hannah, you spoke about how much you got, you grew personally, um, and then, you know, you guys did start canning, right? There's some positives. I mean, pivot was a big word. You're always pivoting. You, you can't take anything for granted. Sure. Everything that you felt was normal, I mean, it changes. Da- it still changes daily. Yeah. yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's been the hardest year of my life. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we both have families, too. Of course. Um. In, in, in their home, like over our homes, I'm homeschooling three children, well, two, and I'm trying to run a business. Nobody wants to work because they're making too much money on unemployment. Right. It's so hard. I mean, yeah. I wish I could find more people, bartenders. You can't. They're yeah. making too much money. Yeah. It, it's it was almost harder to open up to a certain percentage because she basically bartends here almost every night, and then we're open at the other spot. But it's getting better now. But I don't know. It's hard to look back because I I think what we got out of it. And these trials that we went through, it, it, like I love where we're at right now. Yeah. Like to me, this is the boiled down version of what I always hoped this company could be. Yeah. With the right, so That's I'm true. like, it was worth it going through every bit of that and more to get to kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I can, I, you know, I'm completely at peace with. Is it hard? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of work. You know? Yeah. It's but <laughs> the thing that's funny, like when this started coming, it's like. Everybody was so like concerned. Like I, we always say, it's like the first two weeks, everybody was like completely on board and everybody was like, I don't know about like the public in general. 
and then it went like downhill from there. So yeah. like, as soon as you open, it was kind of like. I don't know what it was. People Pe- forgot how to people. Oh, God, That's yeah. what I keep saying. Yeah. They just forgot how to people. They were too yeah. used to being behind their keyboards, I think. Yeah. But they go out and they get, you know, and I don't know. Too yeah. My beer's so- a little, this isn't quite right, or oh. I can't oh, believe no. you come over. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we're in a pandemic. <laughs> I'm glad we're serving it, you a beer. It affected everything. The whole um, supply chain. I mean, it yeah. affected your ingredients. I mean, everything. Oh, Price has gone up. Right, uh, right. Cans, like that's a huge thing that's was crazy. this year for us was cans. Yeah, we ingredients. locked out. You were smart with all that stuff. The cans. Um, it's affected everything. And being a small business, what people don't realize is it costs us more for everything because we can't buy it in large quantities. Right, right, so the right. smaller you are, the more expensive your product's going to mm-hmm. be because it's more expensive for the ingredients. And we knew that going into this and we said well let's just buy the best ingredients that we can yeah and as far as a positive coming out of this i think is as far as having hannah but also having a better quality product because we said listen we have to do what we have to do to survive and we're not going to do it by you know toasting a Toasting hot cheese sticks in a microwave to serve. No. I don't want to be a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I want to make people were coming yeah. up with. Like, I'm not making egg rolls, so you come in and buy crappy bagel beer. bites. We're gonna yeah. make good All beer. beer, and then you're serving bagel bites. Right. Yeah, un- <laughs> yeah. uncrustables. Yeah, we're gonna make great beer, and here's an uncrustable. Just don't eat it. So. It did get that point. <laughs> yeah. For the end, I would put stale I mean, ones on the table. I'm like, just, listen, just I, don't eat it. I mean, I was like the chat, like you said about the pivot, like stuff like that. You oh. know, as fairly logical people who had. You know what? What does me giving you an uncrustable do right. in the grand scheme of a pan, of a, of a right. virus situation? Right. So right. It, was, it was it was stuff like that. Went okay. That's what you want, though. Sure. Just to appease them. Yeah, it's and just it kind of felt like they were thing. just like stringing people along. It was like they just or something new would come. Yeah, it changes daily. I think what they looking back, I think what they could have done. I mean, I get what they were trying to accomplish, which was limit the amount of time that people were spending, but still allowing a a a. a a partially open spot. Sure. To me, it would have been like, hey, come on in. You got an hour. Or you got yeah. an hour and a half and leave. To me, like offering food would lend you to stay longer. Right, so right. it just that seemed, yeah. seemed antithetical to But whatever. It was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. You, you needed to almost step back and have your popcorn and go, this is the craziest <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. But hey, it's life right now. It's like right. a simulation. Right, yeah, right. I thought about you're in a simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of felt like that. So, but it's for, also caused um, PL, or the Pennsylvania to change a lot of their liquor laws, too. So yes. now I, we can ship within state if we want. Mm-hmm. We were never allowed to do that before. Wow. In state, we can um, take out cocktails for places. Home delivery. Home delivery. Yeah. Take out cocktails. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. We, our other place, we weren't allowed to be inside, and we're not licensed outside at all, so it had to be considered takeout. So in order for it to be takeout, I had to buy lids. So we would serve a pint with a lid with a sticker over the uh, straw. Plastic cup, yeah. Uh, plastic yeah. cup, right. I mean, we're spending more money. Like yeah. We had to spend more money in order to do this. And we'd have 80 people out in the parking Ooh. lot. Oh my because gosh. they would bring their own chairs. Like it was just the craziest thing. We're like, you're not allowed inside unless you're using the bathroom. Meanwhile, it's a party all summer outside right, because right, people right. just are happy to be out and they're socially distant. We have a big parking lot there, but we were allowed to do that then because COVID. Right, right, right. <laughs> but not now because not COVID. You know what I mean? Right, it's just right. it's like I, you guys don't even make any sense. So it's just yeah, very strange. So all right, so <laughs> so explain the canning thing because that's what I feel like um, is a big step, right? No, I won't. No, <laughs> sorry. No, so so explain your experience, and do you yeah. still think it's you know something to pursue and you're moving Absolutely. forward with? We people like 
People like pretty cans. Yeah. They like that beer in cans. That's it, what, uh, he saw the can, he's like, I'm buying, he, right? I mean, he wanted to taste the beer just because it was appealing. Um, yeah. A little superficial. It's how, you take your, it's how you take your product to the next level. Um, honestly, it's, um, in, you know, 2020, 2021, beer scene, beer world, people expect there to be cans available. Yeah. It's, it's just, that's, that's just the language of craft beer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, they want to be able to not only have the cancer themselves, but they want to be able to take it and share it with their friends or ship it to their friends um, or trade it or split four packs with other people and, or take it to, you know, a beer share of some sort, which, you know, obviously is a little bit harder during the pandemic, especially during the height of it. But, um, you know, that's, that's the currency of craft beer is cans. Um, you know, yeah, and and it's it's marketing and advertising, um, and that was something that I think the three of us were pretty adamant about is that our our labels have some level of consistency to them. So they all have sort of the same template, same format. Um, I came from a brewery that was a large packaging brewery, um, and I did some of the marketing and label design. Um, there, so I, I did come with a little bit of that experience and um, opinion on on some of that. Um, so one of the things that I thought was really important is having brand recognition, and you you build that by having a consistent um, aesthetic, something that people can see on a shelf, even if they can't read what type of beer it is, they can just recognize, oh, that's a, a naked beer. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you look at Nishamani's label art and their, their format, like, you see you see that on a shelf somewhere and you're like, I don't even need to see what type of beer that is. I know that Nishamani did that. Um, same with, like, Victory and, you know, Dogfish Head, things like that. Um, so, I think just getting that template down, getting that format down was uh, really important. And then beyond that is when you get to have that creative freedom. To really design that label i think it's I think interesting it's uh, because my uh, my my brother-in-law is really into you know the whole ipa scene and whatever and it's funny because there's even companies that he has no idea i've never heard of them but he wants to try it just well number one it's an ipa so he knows what he's what he's right. somewhat getting but because of the label right and it was just this branding what hannah's talking about it's as simple as it caught my eyes i don't know um well, I don't know if you yeah. looked at our labels. We have, I, I love our labels. We have two artists that work for us, but primarily our prima, primary can art artist is um, an 18-year-old young woman. Wow. She's my daughter's best friend, and she's uh, a freshman at uh, Moore College of Art. Wow. So wow. A, lot of, a lot of the artwork, she does freehand. Some of the stuff she does do digitally like the Covet series and all that, the Sours. But, like, we have one called Puffed and Toasted where she actually did the artwork. Um, I had that. That was good. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I should try that. Yep. Yeah, she killed it on that one. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Hannah makes a damn good beer. That might be my favorite beer that I've done so far, actually. <clears throat> I just choked on my beer, by the way. So. <laughs> That's all right. So, so <laughs> I went down the wrong side. I got really excited and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, let's let's talk about that, right? So how, how does what makes a good a good beer, a good you know brew 
so to speak? <laughs> well, first of all, everybody's palate <laughs> is going to be different. Sure. Um, so what mm-hmm. your definition of good is compared to somebody else's, um, you know, it's, it's very much a matter of personal opinion. Um, for me, when I'm designing beers, I am very, very, very intentional from start to finish. Um, that recipe design, I know why I'm putting the malts in it that I am. I know why I'm using the hops that I am. <clears throat> I know why I'm doing uh, the mash temperature at what I am or how long I'm choosing to boil it for. Um, everything has a reason. Um, beyond that, something that, not to like toot my own horn here, but. But you will. Something that I. I guess I always sort of thought that a lot of brewers uh, carried this skill, I guess for lack of a better term, but um, I'm learning that it's not as common as I thought, but to me it just comes secondhand, and that's uh, creating beers that are very complex and layered and they're not just one-dimensional. Um, I will bet you that you will never drink a beer that I have done that is one-dimensional. Like, that will never be a descriptor that you use. <laughs> um, I, I, that's hard for me to explain to somebody else. Um, I think that there's two camps of brewers in this world. I think that there's uh, the very technical brewers. Those people tend to be um, your engineers, your mathematicians, you know, the very black and white, right angles, everything is a yes or no. Um, and then you have the camp of brewers that are more of your intuitive brewers. Um, the brewers that are very technical, say A plus B gets me to C, so on and so forth, and your intuitive brewers go, okay, well, I have A and E, and that gets me to J, I guess, and, but they can figure out how to get there, and there's, it's, I wouldn't say that one is more important or more right than the other. Um, I fall into the intuitive brewer side, um, though I do have, you know, technical background as well, but... Um, I tend to fall more into that intuitive brewer side. So um, trying to explain how I create complex beers, that's hard for me to, <laughs> to do because it's just something that I, that I do, I guess. Um, but I kind of forget what your question was, to be honest. No, that's all right. I mean, honestly, just... <laughs> What's your just, favorite color? I think that's what it was. <laughs> all right. I just asked what your name Orange was. Orange <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. But to, to piggyback on what you're just saying, also basically coming up with you know your your recipe, so to speak, it's like having a baby because then you have to name this precious thing. So let's talk about the names, right? How do you guys come up with mm-hmm. the names? How does that how does that all work? Because there's some creative there's some creative things up there. It's mostly her. She's the creative one. The, the, all right, the cat um, ones are funny. The cat ones. That was... That was the best. So when, when I came on board, um, I was told that I could change any recipe, I could get rid of any recipe, I could keep any recipe that I wanted. Um, the only beer that I had to continue brewing nice and make sure I was on tap... What was that? You have some nice bosses, We're, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's always, yeah, it's always been, from the very beginning, was creating an environment if... if if the brewers, I mean, in the beginning it was it was me brewing, right? And then we 
brought on a series of different head brewers because I work full time, you know, you want to grow up. But if you're not creating an environment for your brewers and your staff and everybody to enjoy what they're doing and feel creatively, you know, satisfied, yeah. what's the point? Right. Again, it goes back to it's not about me. Yeah. You know, it's not making, but it's not about me. It's yeah. what can I do to facilitate everybody in our organization and outside of that to grow and utilize it and go from there. So it's just. And to utilize the skill sets that come to that person, the, the skill sets that they already possess, right? So, and I think that that's the sign of a really good and um, healthy working environment and also um, a management structure that allows those underneath of them to spread their wings and capitalizes on, on their strengths. Um, instead of trying to make somebody fit into a box, you know, Jim and Sean kind of said, there is no box. <laughs> this, this entire brewery is the box. You just need to be able to figure out how you want to use it. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really, really cool. Um, I'm super thankful. Um, to to have landed where I did, but um, yeah, so I I was really given so much creative freedom, um, and again, it goes back to that trust, right? Like they they hired me for a reason, but they also trusted me, and you know, I'm not one to fail or let people down. So um, nobody will ever be as critical or as hard on me as I am on my on myself. Um, but the one beer that uh, I was told that I had to make sure I stayed in production, but I could tweak the recipe um, with cream ale, which, fun fact, cream ale is my favorite style. So that was like a, did I just die and go to cream ale heaven? <laughs> um, so that was like a, duh, yeah, of course. Um, that's not a problem to keep producing cream ale. So I did tweak the recipe, um, and I, I made it the Hannah version. Um, but that was the, the one beer that I had to keep. Um, so everything else, that existed prior to me. Um, several reasons why a lot of those beers are not coming back. <laughs> um, one is I didn't actually have full recipes. <laughs> so it's really hard to recreate a beer that you don't have a full recipe for. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't set up the right expectations for the customer either. Um, you know, if, they, if somebody has had a beer you know, beer X, and they come in to order it again, and it's made by me, who didn't have a full, complete recipe, um, beer X is not going to taste like beer X, right? And so that doesn't set anybody up for success. Um, so thankfully, uh, you know, they were super cool and said, try and get rid of it. Um, as far as names go, this is where I'll get up on my soapbox for just one moment. Uh being a woman in a very male-dominated industry um, obviously has a lot of challenges. Um, I spend a lot of time, actually, during the week uh, doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work. I'm on several different committees, uh, one of which is an international committee. So um, a lot of my focus within the industry is how do we make it more inclusive? And being able to use beer as a platform for that is really cool. Uh, having Sean and Jim's support to make beer more inclusive and have it start within, you know, our own four walls uh, has been really, really cool. And there are things that, subtle or not, 
um, can help guide somebody to feeling included or not feeling included. And names are a big part of that. Um, so a lot of the names that we have chosen or come up with are um, genderless. <laughs> um, they pretty much talk about something neutral or um, talk about something that is empowering and sort of sends a message. Um, so, Jim, can I talk about the gentleman? Absolutely. Can, okay. So, um, there was a beer called The Gentleman um, that had been in production for several years, and it was a uh, Russian Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels or uh, barrels of some sort, right? It was, that was apple brandy, yeah. Apple brandy, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, the original <laughs> name came from uh, an episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother. Right. That's how it's working. So it was, it was a pop culture reference. Yeah. Um, but I... I wanted to, to keep that beer in the portfolio, but again, put my spin on it. And this year, or this past year, we aged it in bourbon barrels. But um, I asked, is it okay if we change the name? And it sparked a really good conversation, I think, um, in, in the office one evening about how I understand the pop culture reference to that, but to a new customer... Um, that could potentially be a barrier to entry. That could potentially be something that prevents them from trying that beer um, because it has a connotation to it that could be construed differently than how we intend. But um, perception and intention are two very different things. <laughs> um, and so, you know, trying to make sure that the perception is something that is inclusive um, that's super important to all of us. Um, and since I do a lot of the things that involve the naming, I guess, <laughs> um, you know, we all, I run it by everybody, obviously. It, you know, there's been plenty of names that I've tossed out there that have gotten beat of, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, different things like names and label art. Uh, but you can are, say what we changed it to. Oh, hello, Starshine. Yeah. Sorry, right. I didn't say that. We changed it. We changed it to Hello, Starshine. Um, so again, like very, it's just happy. <laughs> um, it's hard we, to feel sad when you hear the words "hello" and "starshine." Right. And then we have the cat beers too, though. And we have the cat beers, right? That's good. Um, so our artist, she was going through her portfolio, and uh, she did a tattoo for somebody. It was a clown cat. Okay. And. It, the drawing, I wish I had one here. I'll have to show it to you. Um, and she goes, that would be a great can. And we're like, well, what would we call the beer? Clown Cat. So she came up with a recipe. It's a double dry hops. Um, has the same malt bill. There's no lactose, no fruit in it. She changes the hops. So it's a hazy. It's a hazy IPA. So we had Clown Cat, and then we went to Krampus Cat for Christmas because it was Krampus. We were going to do Krampus well, Fest. But we have we so we have a group of. Well, wait. Um, so then we cats, did Krampus right? Cat. So then all of a sudden now it's a series. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> right. But right. it's an unintentional series. Right, right, right. And then we've done Caterpillar, Birthday Cat. The next one is called Fleetwood Cat which she dressed up as Stevie Nicks and played Rumors the entire time she brewed it. But she changes the hops every time, and it's always a different beer. But we have a feral cat colony at the main location right. 
that Hannah has named yeah. all the feral cats. Yeah. And I know you're not supposed to name feral cats because then they're not feral anymore, but... They're feral Seriously, cats. they all Fucking look cats. like the characters that I've named them after. They're, they're well fed. <laughs> but we're not even cat... Well, you have a cat, but we're not even really cat people. That's the funny it's thing. We're all dog... Cat. Okay, yeah. So we're not cat them. people. <laughs> But we have this cat series. But now. it's just it it's it makes me laugh. And, that, and the one after this is going to be um, without to say what the next one is. Oh, bikini Biki- cat. Bikini cat. Oh, we're going to do one called bikini cat. Especially <laughs> it's going to be a hairless, wrinkled cat. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. It makes me laugh. Flavor cat it makes me laugh every time I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like the label so art cat, is cats every while about six weeks now month. How, how often how do often? we change our beers? Um, well, probably, yeah, but, well, the cat series, I think, will probably be, like, four to five weeks, right. yeah. I think, because that, that series does really well, um, and now it's starting to catch on yeah. that it is a series, and so, catch um, on. Go, yeah, catch on. Catch. <laughs> going back to, I think, a question you had sort of asked before, and something that somebody had touched on, for me, creating beers that are part of a series, um, it's part of that, like, work smarter, not harder. Um, but also, it's increasing your brand recognition, right? So if somebody that is new to uh, Naked Beers sees a cat beer um, and has previously had one, even if they're not sure what this new one is, if they're, you know, I, I don't know I'm going to like this. You know what? I like that previous cat beer, so I'm going to take a chance on it, and I'm going to buy it. Um, that's just smart yeah. because not only does it make it easier for our front of house staff, um, but it's almost like you've raised your sale potential by you know twenty five percent right off the bat just by having something within that series. Um, so that's we have a number of, of beers that I'm trying to incorporate into series without being so in your face that it's a series, but you, you kind of catch on that it is. So have you guys, uh, in going to, you know, alluding to what you're saying uh, with the theme, has anyone approached you all with a request for something? And you all the of, time. Uh, <laughs> all the time. Are you making the pomegranate weed again? <laughs> oh, you know, or, or just a request. I mean, everybody thinks it's easy. Like, you should really just do this. Yeah. Okay. Or would you Let make us a beer? That. They yeah. don't realize that when we make a beer, it's at least 10 barrels, which is 20 half kegs. Wow. Like, we can't make just, just a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Every, it, it, all the time, people want to see. And, and back to here's what here's what I, I appreciate so much too. It had it like besides the, the quality and the, the great recipes and all. She's also very conscious conscious about uh, the efficiency of it. Like how do we best utilize our raw ingredients as well as our equipment and maximum. So I, we again we turn out a lot of different beers and. We're not even at max production, but to, to maximize everything that's being produced right. is great. She like the kettle sour is being broken. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah, it's extreme. I don't think there's probably a more labor-intensive brewery around. Maybe not at the vibe. Definitely not at the quality that we're doing. But but it, it's okay. Like again, it, it's that's what matters. You yeah. get this right first, and then you fill in the pieces to facilitate keeping that the same way. That's kind of. Like yeah, going back to the real quick to the 2020, they stripped us down to where we wanted to be, and we're like, well, if we're going to go for this. We're going to do what we're comfortable with. So, so earlier yeah. we talked about the the obviously the location, um, obviously the atmosphere, um, but going along with 
the you know the beer that you serve is kind of the the vibe that you want to have or you're, you're shooting for in here right so you guys want to talk a little bit about some of the uh like the music that you guys play you have um artists come out and uh you know play for you all kind of sets the tone as well helps set the tone or uh you know so explain a little bit how that came about you had the little stage thing going well we really haven't been able to utilize it yet yeah. we've uh, we have uh, one musician that plays on Thursdays, um, a local guy, Dana Collins. He's wonderful. He comes in and he picks a friend every week that comes and plays with him. And he has a small little following that follows him. Gotcha. But it's very local here, mm -hmm. especially during the week. It's We have a very local crowd. Saturdays, I get you get yeah. the beer tour people. Sure. The people, you know, they want to go around and, and they do a million flights. And yeah. You're just <laughs> Five minutes before you close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're the people that are yeah. buying the cans and shipping them to their True. friends across the country right. and spreading right. the word outside of our 10-mile radius. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. You so you need both. I'm, you do need I'm both. Hungry, I'm hungry for those people outside that 10-mile radius, baby. That's, well, <laughs> you know that. Know. Yeah, you're right. That's why we keep canning. That's why, yeah. <laughs> but we do have a very local vibe. We get a lot of foot traffic here yeah. to the people that know us. Sure. We haven't really put ourselves out there yet because, again, we're... I was afraid and wary of all the restrictions and guidelines. Like, what if we have, like, you know, at one point we could only have 11 people inside this tap room, including staff. Yeah. So I would have 12 people and I'd freak out. Like, inside, I'm like, oh my God, like, what yeah. if they come? Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for the, you know, them to come in and just take me out of here. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to get a $1,000 fine. I don't have a $1,000. Right, right, right. You worry about people taking pictures. Yeah. Um, which they do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> you have people that report you for stupid stuff. The pandemic has definitely brought out the ugly in people, too. But besides that. Um, but the vibe we're trying to do is just, like, that local. I want people to come in. I want them to sit down. I want them to have a drink. I want them to be able to talk to each other. Yeah. I don't want the music to be loud. I don't want to be. I don't want a club vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's plenty of those around here. Sure. Nothing good happens after 10 p.m., so we're sure. good at closing at 10. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a pub in the sense of it's a public house. It's, it's a tap room. People I'm in a local pub. People who were, were comfortable coming out during this and, and continue to come out crave that. If you notice, we don't have any TVs. We don't do It's about what, again, what, what the pandemic stripped from the people being locked in their houses. Most of us, anyway. I mean, some of us were out still working, but they crave that interaction. They need it, even if it's from six feet away. Yeah. The ability to be able to sit down and have a conversation with somebody over a beer in a local spot is this is you can't lose this. This yeah. is what humanity is about. Yeah. And the great thing about beer is it has always facilitated that. I mean, that was I mean in Ireland that's the first they establish a town. First thing they would do build a church, build a pub, <laughs> yeah. and then everything built, went from that point on. Yeah. Most most cultures it was the same way, you know. And it's just that you need a gathering place. To be able to share ideas and all like that, and do it in a communal way—that's that's to me that's what I think our vibe really is. I mean, that's who we are. We're yeah. very just we're good people. Yeah, you know, that make yeah. great beer. Absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. absolutely. All right, so so explain some of. I know we we talked about a, a few already. So explain some of the stuff that you do have on tap um, outside of the names. Uh, Hannah, I don't know if you want to get into it. Explain exactly what they are, though. Right, because some of the names like Thank Frank IPA. Okay. So, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a great one. So Thank Frank. Frank is an actual person. Yeah. Frank is a retired steam fitter that used to work with Jim. Yeah. Nice. And Jim's at work all the time. Yeah. And things break all the time. 
Mondays usually. Usually Mondays. I could be there all weekend, and I would get a text, you know, on Monday at like eight o'clock or at six a.m. when I'm trying to mash. Exactly. Right. Said, of course, it didn't break because you know. But anyway, so we would yeah. call Frank, and Frank comes in and fixes stuff, and he's just a wonderful, wonderful person. He's a sweetheart. And she was like, "I need to make this is a core beer, by the way. This is a beer we always have on." She's like, "I want to make a nice West Coast IPA, nice, clean, crisp." And we're like, what are we going to call it? And it was actually Hannah's idea, I think, with Frank. Yeah. We're like, we're going to call it Frank. And then we were all talking in the office one night. I think we had a couple beers. And then she goes home, and in the middle of the night, she texts us, thank Frank. We're going to call it thank Frank, because we always thank Frank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he loves yeah. it. And he, he loves it. And he, his he, friends all come and buy it. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah, the label yeah. works great. It's got a green hat, 420. It says four, that's our local number, which yeah. is Which everybody thinks yeah. 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 it's a weed beer. It's yeah. not. The bar is 420, but that just, just makes it even funnier. But yeah, that just yeah. happens to be our local number, too. So. Yeah, that's fine. It's great. So. But yeah. that, that label art, I actually drew uh, yeah. first. Right. So it has this wrench on it, but it's like this really cool line art. But when I drew it, it looked um, very, very phallic. phallic. <laughs> so. Not that Frank would, I'm sure you still like it. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and, and actually, um, so cute story about Frank. He's just, he's such a good man. Um, the most recent batch of Thank Frank, when I had it in the bright tank and it was Carby and Frank came in one day. I forget what he was fixing. He was fixing something. And he went over to the tank and he's like, oh, is that my beer? Yeah, that's your beer. And he went over and he hugged the tank. And it was so stinking cute. (laughs) You know, he's like this big, tall dude. Like, I mean, so, and he was just like, like, I love you, tank. (laughs) Super cute. Um, But that, but tank funk is another beer that um, I actually have plans to sort of turn into a series um, with other variations of it. And I'm kind of taking pages from other breweries books but like it's not nobody's really original anymore it's not like i'm you know stealing trade secrets or anything but you know you find a flagship beer as sean said this is you know a a flagship for us um you find a flagship beer and then you go well what else can i do with it because people already kind of have that brand recognition again right so they they know it's going to be an easy drinking west coast ipa it's going to have some good hop character um and then you build off of that um, yeah. So I have I plans for that for that nice. So hopefully we'll be seeing what, some other stuff come out of what, that. What's funny with especially with the three of us is we're like you know you got all these crazy milkshake beers and all kind like <laughs> but in the end the three of us usually like what's your you know give me a cream ale like yeah. we do a bitter you know I'm it, drinking Jenny cream dry hop so there you go right <laughs> you know we like our lagers we like our bitters we like our Irish reds like just just a solidly made yeah West Coast I mean just beers yeah you know yeah, what yeah I mean? for sure because sure. for, for us usually you go into a place you're like give me like oh you got a lager on let me try a lot because if you're doing that right i'm pretty sure your imperial stout is sure. good you know yeah. what i mean so but you can dress it up with all kinds some a lot of places have you know you can dress it up all kinds of different ways and all yeah. and that's cool you know but you, you gotta have you gotta have these good solid base beers in you have to so, so buck naked was named because we're in bucks county and we're off of buck road i'm getting back to his question yeah Pardon Glass is because it's That's his dad's beer. Yeah. That was it's an Irish song. It's based off of Finnegan's Wake, where they lay Tim Finnegan out uh, with a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of porter. So after my dad passed, I decided to 
create a beer for him, and that's kind of where it went. And you know, again, this is Hannah's version of it, which is awesome. It's you know, yeah. we pay homage to the beers that we've kept in as far as naming wise, but have tweaked them to make them better. This yeah. particular version is uh, was bourbon barrel aged. Okay, it's exceptional. But the base beer is a smoked porter, so yeah. she had split that and puffed and toasted is actually the same base beer as parting glass. So because it had that smoky quality to it. She was like, what am I going to do with this beer when we split it? And that was really hard for you. Like, it was hard. Like, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And then she came up with s'mores. And, of course, I'm sure because we were all puffing. Um, <laughs> she, was like, she texted me. She's like, puffed and toasted. And we're like, we just cracked it. And the art. But that the, name? It, it, Go ahead. The, the, the name is spectacular. And this is what I love about what we do. The name is like, hmm, that's an interesting guy. But then you see the late, the artwork is just absolutely gorgeous and you're going like well okay that wasn't what I was thinking of but it's just like again the naked thing is like we've always had this like double entendre tongue in yeah. cheek kind of thing yeah, so it's kind of sure. like yeah, yeah. you create yeah. this whole narrative in your head before when you first hear the name or you look at it and that's that's what's so engaging as well but yeah I love it. yeah so I, I think um, something and this goes right into the, the pandemic question um Something that a, a lot of beer consumers, I think, are not 100% aware of, and they shouldn't, because quite frankly, consumers should be able to just enjoy beer and not be weighed down with what goes into it. But um, at the same time, I think a lot of consumers are very, very unaware of all of the things that breweries, especially small breweries, have had to do in order to stay afloat during the pandemic. Um, things like splitting a batch of beer in so I'm already brewing half the capacity of what my fermenters can hold and then splitting that again um, and trying to figure all of the logistics out of how to make that work. And I have one base beer and what do I do with the other half of it? Um, there's a lot of challenges that go into that. It is double the amount of work um, for half the amount of beer. <laughs> But it's what needs to happen, um, and, you know, we're all on board with that concept. But, um, yeah, it, there's a lot of challenges that have gone into you know, trying, to figure, trying to figure this out. And, yeah, as, as Sean said, you know, figuring out what to do with the other half of this smoked porter, um, this is a, a conversation that started months before that beer ever came out because um, I try to build out our production schedule quarterly, but honestly, I have it done through September. So, um, and I've had it done since February. So, um, most of these beers have sort of been in process in my mind of how I'm going to make it work. Um, and puffed and toasted and parting glass were part of that um we started planning for that oh gosh because like october maybe mm -hmm. october and november i don't know it was it was definitely you know months before it came out um so trying to figure out how to make that work because a smoked porter i love smoked beer i would drink a campfire if i could and make me such a happy girl but most people don't like smoked beers <laughs> so <laughs> so you know what i like more than a smoked beer though is money and making money <laughs> so yeah. um trying to figure out how to make that smoked porter into something that will be profitable and, uh, and the consumer always especially now they get bored so easily you always have to come up with oh my gosh we, we have a lot of letters but 
everybody's like, oh, that was so great. We sold out of it. Why don't you make it again? Because you want to come back and buy it because you want what's new. Right, yeah. right, so right, you right. you always have to have right. something yeah. new. It's the, exhausting. The Amazon mentality. It's just like, it's what's, what can I get immediately, right now, what's new? I want it right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? do a and that's not how brewing works, but yeah. Yeah. but we do our best, so. But that's how the beer world is right now. I know. Um, and if, if we don't have something new, there's 15 other breweries within a 10-mile radius of us that have, I mean, between all of those, 150 options. Yeah. You know? Well, and you're so, right. That, that's, that's something that's drastically changed over the last 10 years. You know, sure. There's a handful of us, and then, but yeah, which I think is a great thing. I'm not... I love it. I mean, it's the more the better. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's good. And plus, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Listen, it's that's the reality. Yeah. If you're not making great product, hey, you know, you better make good egg rolls. That's all I got. To yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. Before, before we get into uh, any parting words, I want to I want to go through go around the horn here. Start, Jim, we'll start with you. Um, ideally, where 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 you want to see you guys in the next two three years, and then Sean and Hannah. Two or three years, man. That's I don't plan out. I don't plan two or three <laughs> days. Um, I I love where we're at. I would like to take this, and obviously, you know, a little more revenue would be nice. You know what I mean? Just so we can continue to grow what it is we're doing. Um, but at at its core, at this moment. I honestly couldn't be happier. Um, but I would love to love to be able to fill the team in a little bit more. People with the same, you know, ideals in mind, uh, free us up with a little bit more flexibility because I think we thrive in an environment. The three of us where we have a little bit. We're not as stressed as far as the day to day stuff. So if we can free us up a little bit on the on every aspect of it, I, I think we just keep doing what we're doing because yeah. we're. I think we're making what we want to make. We just want to do it a little differently, you know. Keep it growing and yeah. and go from that point. Maybe maybe look at expanding uh, canning on the core beers. Get it further out, you know, into the ether. Uh, with some mobile canning would be nice. Um, eventually, dress this area out. The idea down here was to create a sour program, which that needs to be built properly. Again, that was the thing we decided this year was to reset and go. No, we're going to do everything. We're going to do it the right way from the ground up and build from that point. So there's not. We're not trying to. Go, oh, we can make this work. So it's just again. I'm as hard as this is. As many hours we all put it in. It's just I honestly couldn't be prouder and, and happier with. I, I sleep well at night. I mean, I know we're doing the best we can. It's just be nice just to not get our balls kicked in every once in a while from yeah. neighbors about music and stuff. Yeah. It's the people who who either. You don't have to be on board with it. Just get out of the way, though. Yeah. Seriously, it's, yeah. it's just not. You know, I don't want to hear about it. You don't. I'm not making. Nobody's dragging you out of your house to come down here. Yeah. You know. So that's all. And keep making great beer for everybody. So love it. That's it. Sean. Oh jeez. Sorry. Um, Could follow that one up. I know. <laughs> you can also say ditto. No more kidding. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well. Expand. I would like to grow in Bristol. I, I see the potential here in Bristol. It's a it's a lovely community. Yeah. Um, for the most part, you have sure. a couple of the you know the rotten eggs which we talked about earlier, um, but people do want to come here. And in order to bring people here to this town, you have to have restaurants and bars. They're not coming for the antique shops. They're not. Yeah. Well, you maybe know? one. Maybe. They're coming for bar. You know, and that brings people into the shops. Then then that brings like. And well, the community needs to get on board with that, especially the older community that's in here. 
And there is a new distillery going right, uh, right yeah, on the other side. Oh, there's a distillery, right? Two and distilleries. And Dad's there. Hat's opened up a tasting room across from us. Oh, it's oh, the spicing company is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's here. Yeah. The, the people in, in power have decided it's okay. It's gone through zoning. It's it's approved. Yeah. It's just that there's people within the community have to go, oh, well. You're living in a downtown area. Yeah. You move to a downtown area. You're yeah. not in the suburbs. Yeah. It's like me moving into the city and going, oh, I just, you know, I like it here. I just didn't know there was this many people. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it's that it's that <laughs> obtuseness that makes me insane. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. Yeah. I like to hire more people to, to yeah. work the tap room so that I can be back in production and do what I like with Hannah. Yeah. I like being back there in our little world, doing our thing and making beer. I miss that. I miss it a lot. Um, I know. I miss having you yeah. back there and not working by myself. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I want to retire soon so I can do it full Having time. a couple of days off yeah. would be nice with my family. <laughs> What's that? But yeah, I want to expand. I just want to be successful. I want people to be happy. I don't want to be rich. You never trust me. You're not going to be rich owning a brewery ever. People th people think because you own a small business. I'm sure you know that. They all think you're running in money. You're not. They don't understand. Like it's your money that's running the business. But yeah, there's there's you know what? There's a, there's nothing like walking out of the back or coming in here when we're open and just seeing. The, the customers, customers enjoying it, it the product yeah it, it's it's the whole reason for doing it otherwise we'd still be brewing in our garage i mean sure. there was nothing i mean that's what i feed off of i mean it's as hard as a week might be you go wow you might get this awesome compliment or people are extremely excited oh my god you're one of the again it's not a big but they love that when i'm canning on a saturday i love coming out <clears> with a beer that i'm just canning it's not released yet like yeah, i yeah, came yeah. in for his birthday yeah oh it's your birthday when i was canning birthday cat i'm yeah. like happy birthday like that kind of stuff being able to do that it's yeah. just such a unique mm -hmm. experience for yeah. the customer yeah and again you know if Hannah's there to get to talk to the brewery it's 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 everything they have in their mind about oh i'm coming to a local brewery so we get to do all that and and still brew at a decent size volume to me it's it's kind of the best of all worlds that way i mean there's other things we could do to make things better but you know sure it's just i don't know i like mm -hmm. it i do love it down here though I do love Bristol. I did it in the people. We got some help now, though, so we're starting to. All right, Hannah, you're up to bat. Um, one, I would love to see. Um, we know. What? Yeast. What do you think I'm going to say? I, I, I don't know. Yeast, a yeast propagator? Uh, uh, a bulldog? A yeah. A yeast prank? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but those things, those things are attainable. I'm I can kidding. I can touch them right now. I can touch them. Almost. They're within reach. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I I would love to see us be able to expand the the production team. I would love to be able to um, have some level of consistency with production, which has been so hard. It's not our fault that there isn't consistency with production. It is just in the state of the world and. When the governor decides to shut you down for three weeks in December, like, then what do you do? Um, yeah. So, getting some semblance of normalcy back um, into the world, I think, will create building consistency. And then from there, hopefully, being able to expand the production team. Um, and um, hopefully, Sean will be able to return to production someday. Um, I would love in the next two to three years. To have our own canning line that is uh, less arduous and requires um, 
less labor <laughs> um, than, than what we have um, because I think the three of us have so many great ideas and, and plans and I know I just, my brain is filled with beer ideas um, and our, our bottleneck is, is packaging um, and that is a pivot that we, we had to make um, and I'm glad that we made it and we're doing what we can with what we have. You know, we're working within the confines of, of what we have um, and we're making it work because we have to. <laughs> um, and because we want to, but, but because we have to. And um, so, you know, my, my brain is always scheming going, all right, so who wants to be my fairy godmother and I'm a fan of mine? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, just continuing to to do what we're doing. Um, I I know that we're making good beer, and that isn't just me. That is, um, you know, from start to finish, there are other people involved besides just me. Um, and I I know that we're doing and making good beer. Um, we just need the rest of the the beer community to recognize um, this new model that we have, I guess. Um, and, you know, that requires time. And I think that we've made some really good strides in, in getting um, different recognition, I guess. Um, but we can, I'm not done. Like, I'm far from done. Um, I'm going to keep pushing and, yeah. So, I don't know. And two to three years from now, Let's just all hope that we're still employed and the world isn't burning. So. <laughs> all right, so folks who are trying to get in contact with you or reach out, um, come pay you all a visit. Where can they come? How can they reach you? Uh, social media? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Um, come see us at Bristol. Definitely come see us at Bristol. We're going to be we're open Thursday through Sunday. We're going to start opening up Tuesday, Wednesdays as well we have a new bartender coming in a local woman um so that'll be nice and then our our main tap room we're open there uh thursday fridays and saturdays uh yeah social media yeah, yeah we're on tap local yeah we're on tap in a couple local spots but primarily everything everything's both tap rooms both tap rooms which is is great i mean yeah. that, this is again you, we have complete control over over the level of experience you know, we, we're you know we're, we know what our tap lines look like. We know where to clean. We know how we're serving it. We know that our bartenders are doing understand what they're explaining. Once it leaves your your house, you don't know what's happening to right. it. So it's always like uh, it's ours. You know, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. do we? Yeah. So you're always going to get a better experience or opinion. I mean, in, in mm -hmm. our two spots, you know. So yeah, definitely. Cool. Hannah, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, keep supporting local, um, support small businesses, support local, um, and, you know, it's, yes, the financial support of purchasing something is obviously the biggest impact, um, but there's so many other ways that you can help support local, um, you know, and you guys are helping us do that, so thank you um, for helping, helping push that, but, yeah, you know, share social media posts, um, Write a good review. Tell your friends. Just organic word of mouth. Um, you know, buy a gift card. 
even if it's not for you, and if you aren't a beer drinker, buy a gift card as a gift for somebody. Um, you know, just, there's so many different ways that you can help uh, support local. And again, it's not not even just speaking about um, about us, but you know, about any local business because we're all hurting. Um, and you know, we hope to be able to see everybody you know come out of this on the other side when we can actually convene at you know more than 50 or 75 percent. Um, and be able to, to raise a, a victorious pint with everybody. Yes. So, yeah. That's a good name for a beer. Victorious pint. Yeah. Victory party. Got in my phone yeah. right now. Probably, yeah. For the, Doesn't Victory already have that? We, actually, we should collab that with them. I don't know. Naked, and, in my, in naked my and victorious? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> face. That was a no. Did that already get vetoed? That, that's, that's usually how it goes. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. That's my male stream of consciousness. Okay. I I have a very, very, very dirty mind. I they suck like it is the word the. Like I so when I when I get skeptical of something and I go, mm, I don't know about that. It is not because I'm personally offended, it's because I'm thinking about the general Yeah, it's it's filtered public. it's filtered I'm the public persona. Yeah. But yeah. it's just as important for us to get that like me just getting that yeah. out when oh good, it's out of my head now. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like, okay, that's gone. No play. Go play with the rest of the crazy <laughs> ideas over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much what it's about. That's true, actually. <laughs> right, right. Like, it is true. That's yeah. part of the process. I get it. Right. Because the first yeah. image that came into my head was a baby being born. So I was just like, <laughs> that was never going to work. So, see, that's what, what happened. No. I don't know. <laughs> see, that's why. And that's why it's not going to be a name of a beer. It's going to wait too long. I'm okay. I have never thought about a baby being born when I've named a beer. Well, I think about, yay, Victor, naked and Victoria. So, like, I'm born, you know, I'm out, and when I think of naked, I think of babies. I don't know why, but maybe I, I mean, need to not revisit wrong. that. Yeah. He's not right, though, either. No. He's not right. But we're going to have Bikini <laughs> Cat. So. So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But we will have Bikini Cat. So. Yeah. Which was, ironically, that was already on written on my production calendar as the kitty cat with a question mark. And then we had a team I, meeting <laughs> to discuss upcoming beers and figure out the schedule. And we were talking about what to name of one of the cat beers. And... I think it was Jim that yeah, said Bikini Cat, and I was like, it's, and I yeah, turned and did. showed him my calendar. I was like, it's already written that on here. Yeah. So. That's awesome. So that's usually <laughs> how it goes. If, if definitely if two of the three of us go, we have, it's a no-brainer. But usually we're all like, we're all pretty in, in tune with that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. If it makes yeah. us giggle, we're like all about it. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, so Naked Brewing, awesome. there you have it. We like to wrap things up with quotes, and the first one is by Robert Louis Stevenson. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. And the second one by Vincent Van Gogh. I would rather die of passion than of boredom. Craft Brewery. In this episode, we have the crew from Naked Brewing Bristol. We cover topics that range from small business, brewing beer, customer service, effects of the coronavirus, and much more. Wrap the episode up with quotes from Vincent Van Gogh and Robert Louis Stevenson. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. 
This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed.